Welcome to the Hey Salespeople podcast, where we focus on delivering immediately actionable best practices for sales professionals. I'm your host, Jeremy Donovan from SalesLoft. Hey, salespeople. It is our great pleasure to welcome Brandon Bornanson on the show. Welcome, Brandon. Hey, thanks for having me, Jeremy. Appreciate it. I've got my trusty co-host, Sean Day Person, on the line as well. Hey. Brandon is the CEO and founder of Seamless.ai. You've no doubt heard of them, and they help the world connect to opportunity by finding emails and cell phones for anyone. Uh, We're going to talk a little bit about counterintuitive beliefs in sales today. But before we do that, Who's the most inspirational winner to you that you've learned the most from that would apply to the sales world? To be honest, Tom Brady, I mean, I'm from Cleveland in Akron, right? LeBron James is a big one. You know, so I love LeBron James in regards to adversity, you know, father leaving them poor, mother growing up, you know, taking care of them and the amount of work and effort. And then also the emotional intelligence and maturity that LeBron had on the court at such a young age. But Tom Brady is a salesperson. In sales, you need to know all the offensive plays, all the defensive plays, and you need to study game film 24-7, and you need to be improving 24-7. You need to be hungry, and you need to be tenacious and coachable and doing whatever it takes. My new book, you have to do whatever it takes to be successful, and that's what Tom Brady does. Like When I see him watch game film hours after hours after hours, that reminds me of, you know, I spent 10,000 hours studying and writing sales scripts. I'm not interested, no budget. It's too expensive. Already working with someone. Send me more information. What's your guarantee? I'm not the right person. Call me back later. Like writing scripts and practicing and studying for all of those things is really like, like game film. So I would say Tom, Tom Brady for sure. So as part of your coaching with your sales reps, are you um, recording their conversations and are you encouraging them to watch their own game film? What does that look like? We do daily role-playing. I believe if you want to do something or you need to do something, it should be done daily. So role-playing required every day before the day. So we've got an 8.30 stand-up. We've got a 9 a.m. stand-up. And then every call we do is recorded. We're watching our top calls recording, transcribing, analyzing. I require all of our salespeople, SERs, AEs, sorcerers, to share their gongs, which is your booked appointments, your close one deals, your one call closes, you name it. You know, if you can improve 1% a day, we're 250 people. If everyone improves 1% a day, 37X each, we improve a billion percent. And that's the goal. All right. I've, I got an incredibly common objection that your sellers probably get, right? Ring, ring. Hello. Hey, this is, uh, uh, this is Brandon from, from Seamless. I'm not interested. We already have Zoom info. Hey, I already knew you had Zoom info. What separates Seamless from Zoom is we're a real-time search engine that finds every single person in the world that you need to sell to. And we use artificial intelligence to research the emails and cell phones for everyone that you need to, to sell to instantly in real time in seconds. Uh, when I was selling for IBM and Google, I actually spent over a million dollars on Zoom and I was missing 90% of the people that I needed to sell to. I had 30% accuracy. So I was, I didn't have the coverage, didn't have the accuracy, didn't have the insights, didn't have the integrations, you name it. That's why I built Seamless and I spent over $10 million of my own cash to build it. That's how, how much data I was missing from the platform. I was actually expecting you to position Seamless as a complement as opposed to a substitute. Why the decision to go with the way you went? I mean, do you want to complement outreach or do you want to replace outreach? 
think one can have, arguably should have multiple contact data providers because it's relatively low cost, high return kind of thing to do. When I was fundraising for Seamless, no one would give us money. Using Seamless, I was able to connect with 347 venture capitalists. Using Seamless, I was able, able to acquire tens of thousands of customers. And I believe that on LinkedIn, why do I need to connect with you to be able to, to have a conversation? If I've got an opportunity or a product or a solution that could change your life forever for the better, you should be able to one-to-one connect with that person with no barriers. And I believe to accomplish that goal, to help the world connect opportunity, we're not looking to be a compliment. It's all about being the, the number one platform in the world, the, the platform of record. The subtext of what you just said was that you don't necessarily need LinkedIn to be successful in sales. Did I read that? Did I read the subtext correctly there? I love LinkedIn. I think I built a eight-figure business off of leveraging LinkedIn to grow my network and connect with investors, customers, users, you name it. This is where I actually believe in the compliment. Data providers, I disagree. I believe that you should leverage all the social networks. You should leverage all the omni-channel workflow automation platforms, right? Email calling, social texting, direct mail, you name it. But what if I could have, you know, Jeremy, I could have helped change your life forever. Like maybe it's your podcast and I had a podcast marketing software. And instead of you positively impacting 10,000 people, I could help you positively impact a million people. But because I was a nobody and I clicked the, the connect button on LinkedIn, you deny my connect. And then I don't change your life let alone the million listeners' lives that could have been impacted by me connecting with you. So I just disagree with the fact that you need a two-way connection to, to build a relationship. Think about it, prospector, prospecting. It was all about going somewhere, digging for gold, finding the gold. Salespeople don't know these people. We're prospecting for new opportunities. We're trying to connect to new opportunities. And you got to be able to do it on one way. I'm digging and I'm going for it and I got to connect with it and create that opportunity. So I just don't like how LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, they force you to kind of have to know the person. There's a lot out there right now about prospecting and personalization, relevance, all sorts of things to get over the fact that email volumes, calls have increased dramatically. Salespeople are working from home the volume is way up and the connection rates and the success rates are way, way down. How should people be prospecting in 2021 and into 2022? I believe for emails, calling, social selling, video, LinkedIn posts, branding, marketing, you have to pick a niche to get rich. Like everything I've gotten was just one list away. The life I wanted, the cars I wanted, the house I wanted, the Ferrari, the Tom Brady house, everything was just one list away. The way that I built that list was picking a niche to get rich going super deep. And when I say pick a niche to get rich, like who's the one DM, who's the one industry, the one revenue size, the one employee size that you can transform their business, their results. Where are they at today? Where do they want to go? And then after you've acquired all the TAM in that niche, when you pick a niche to get rich, you can do mass personalization at scale. If I'm going after the one VP of sales in SaaS that sells low ticket, so I know that their cost acquired customer is very low. They can't spend a lot on marketing, employee size 50 to 200, let's just say. So they've got low budgets. They probably have anywhere from five to, to 20 salespeople. I can write my messaging, emails, calls, social selling, video scripts to that 
niche and then do mass outreach. So when they open that email, they get my voicemail, they get that call, they get that text. It feels like every line was highly personalized to them because I spent the upfront time picking a niche, building the list with Seamless, and then using my workflow automation software like SalesLoft, you're going to be able to book appointments 300% more. You're going to be able to save three to five hours a day, you name it, and flood the calendar with back-to-back appointments on the hour, every hour, and generate, you know, and hit your number. You talked about how you need to find a niche, how you need to create value for that niche. How do you figure out who your niche is? If you've got customers already, the, the best place to start is by looking at who are your top customers? Who are people that look exactly like my best customer? What are all their LinkedIn filters? If you want to make this like dumb list for everyone to understand. And then you could go after that TAM, building out that TAM, your list with Seamless or whatever that way. The other way is, let's just say you have no customers. When I launched Seamless, I had no customers three years ago. What I had to do was I had to pick like three to five industries that I thought based on all the market research would be the most profitable. And then I would have to launch minimum viable sales campaigns, MVSC, with your messaging specific to those three to five niches. And then you just see like what converts the most. What's the easiest way to pitch and close? You name it. That's how we did it. And that's how we teach it. And I'm not saying these are the only two ways. You know, there's a lot of different ways. I would say whatever it takes, do do whatever it takes to figure it out and sell one customer and then 10 and then 100 and then a thousand. On the thing you just talked about, I'll take taking it away from Seamless for a second. I was talking recently to um, a person I know. He started a new company, so he doesn't have SalesLoft yet or, uh, or Seamless yet. So he, he said, you know, he hired two or three SDRs, so he's paying them, you know, decent amount of money. He's raised us uh, some enough angel money to do it. And he said, like, our connect rates are pretty good. They're like 10% connect rates. The conversion rate from connect to viable opportunity is about 10%, which doesn't sound horrible to me either. LTV to CAC lifetime value to customer acquisition cost just is not attractive for that. And he's worried and wondering, should I get rid of the SDRs and instead spend the money on, on marketing. I, I kind of think I know where you're going to go with this, but. Oh my God. Dumbest thing you could do. I think there's two things there. One, the connect rate to close rate at 10%. I feel that that's low. Like if you really know, if you've got the right niche, the right list and the right connections, right? You know everything about them. What are their biggest pains? What are their biggest desires? How can you help them go from biggest pain to biggest desire insanely fast? There's something that they're not doing in the opener, in the elevator pitch, in the social proof, in the call to action. What I would tell him is like, let's audit your pitch, your call pitch. Let's audit your opener, your elevator pitch, your social proof, your call to action. And then we, you know, to get that 10% up to 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, like record every call, analyze it, audit it, keep improving, keep A-B testing that call script. Next thing I would do is, the LTV to CAC, double prices. I mean, you're probably underestimating the amount of value, the amount of results that you're delivering for your customer. I mean, what, what type of product did this person sell? I, I don't want to give it away, but you're correct that he's massively underpriced. He could easily double his price and solve the problem. Yeah. And then of course, what's going to happen right now when you tell him to double price, he'll freak out. Oh my God, I can't do that. Okay. Well, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to force you to do it for 30 days. Let's do a 30 day double your price challenge. You pitch the new price for 30 days and you got to have the social proof and the testimonials and the results to back it up in the ROI and business case, but double the price for 30 days 
And I mean, ideally like 60, 90, because the salespeople that do whatever it takes could do that and then crush it after two weeks. The salespeople that are, are not as adaptable to change, no offense, you guys, you like, it will just take a little bit longer. And then, and then you'll never want to go back to the lower price that you charged. So they, they got to double the price. They got to increase the conversion rate. And then they got to get on seamless to double or triple or quadruple the connection rate. And those things, they'd be able to afford it. But what you're telling me, first off, $10 cost per click on Facebook, Google, LinkedIn's outrageous, $10, $20 a click. Facebook's 10, Google's five to seven. Then your conversion rate on that, because I sold it for five years, is 1%, half a percent, 3%. The cost to acquire an appointment from ads is going to be 5x the cost to book an appointment, probably 10x the cost to book an appointment via SDRs and A's. I'd also add that you're, you're building up the marketing flywheel. What better targeting can you do than one-to-one targeting to the audience you're going after? And then uh, more value is created as well by those people who start out as SDRs. You're actually training them to become the best AEs in your company. So there's, there's a lot of economic benefits. The market feedback, if you're building a company from the ground up, why can't we close this deal? What are they struggling with? Oh, you don't have the sales loft integration. Oh, you don't have a seamless integration. Oh, you don't. You don't have this. Like, I need to record calls. I need to be able to automate follow-up campaigns. You name it. Like that feedback will fuel your product roadmap. It will fuel everything you do, and also everything converts higher. Sales assisted. Like a lot of my good friends, they run these marketing. They they run these SaaS companies that are freemium, no sales assisted selling. Which means like you know, acquire free customer like Dropbox, and then we won't call them. We'll close them at a two and a half percent, five percent, one percent conversion rate, free user to paid. Dude, if you put a sales team on that, they'd be converting 30, 40, 50, 75 percent. How is a funnel gonna automatically overcome? I'm not interested, no budget, it's too expensive, already working with someone, call me back later. I need to talk to my boss, my wife, my mom, my grandma. I want pizza, and the pizza guy's here, and I don't know why I'm talking to you or at this website. Having the sales assisted, having SDRs, inbound, outbound, AEs, pitch and close and overcome those objections will convert at an insane um, uh, rate. Well, Atlassian, right, famously said they would never have salespeople. And of course, that's... (laughs) Yeah, stupid. That's like me saying I'm never going to do marketing. I'm all in on sales. I will invest in marketing, but it's going to cost me 5 to 10x more than hiring SDRs and AEs and getting the sales tech. Besides that, you know what else is stupid? You know, I'm going to hire Jeremy as a top AE. I'm going to spend a hundred grand, $8,333 a month, but I'm not going to get him any sales technology. Seamless, hundred bucks a month. Sales loft, hundred bucks a month. CRM, hundred bucks a month. So you're going to drop $8,333 a month and you won't spend three to five to $10 a day to give your sales reps everything they need to maximize their production, to maximize their their productivity. That'd be like me buying a Ferrari, keeping it in my garage, and then never taking it out ever, never putting in gas, never doing anything with it. It's like, hey, I bought a Ferrari, I'm gonna keep it in the garage, and that's what I'm gonna do. So I have a question around that. A lot of founders of tech companies are the people who build the, the product. So they're engineers, they're not salespeople by nature. So they don't have this innate drive or they've never even heard of like what's a prospect or or cold calling. I said, I never would do that. Right. What advice if they are looking to hire their first salesperson, 
but they don't see either the value in the sales technologies or they don't really, they need more on what's the reason behind all the sales technologies and supporting this AE. Every company, Sean, it needs literally engineers and they need salespeople. They, they just go hand in hand. You can't be successful if you're, well, sorry, if you're building a SaaS company, you can't be successful without both. If you're building a services company, you don't need engineers, right? But they get the, the one to three X multiple and it's a grind and then you're selling people in time. It's terrible. But what, what I would do is just, you just have to do it. When I was building Seamless, I had to hire engineers and it was terrible because they're so hard to find. They're so hard to hire. They're so expensive. When you're a bootstrapped entrepreneur, you can't afford anything. Three years ago, two and a half years ago, we were sleeping on a studio floor in Newark, New Jersey on four air mattresses. And now we're in Tom Brady's house. This is the importance of salespeople. Me and our sales team created this. The, the reason, Jeremy, why I think this is important is because I was in sales, I was failing, I was unsuccessful, and I never believed that I could have this type of life. And I want every single salesperson out there who came from nothing, who had no support, who had their bosses, their venture capitalists, their C-suite, or their peers tell them that they would fail and they would never win and they would never be able to build pipeline, close deals, book appointments, you name it, from SDRs to AEs to VPs, you name it. Like, I want everyone to believe you could do it. There's people like me, like you, that have came from nothing, that have worked our asses off, that have done whatever it takes, that have learned all the sales secrets, and that have built the lists and sold the lists and you name it. And if we could do it, you could do it better, smarter, bigger, faster. And that's why I do these things to motivate and inspire people that they could do it too. Well, I mean, given the success that you've had with one sales tech company, a, a question I'd love to end with is, if, if a VC came in, and I'm sure they're actually probably coming to you and offering you a bucket of money to do something something new, where do you think the opportunity is in the revenue tech landscape for something exciting and new? I love the disruption in finance, in cryptocurrency, in the fintech landscape. I'm also whole food, plant-powered vegan. I believe the food that we eat will kill you and you, and you will, like if you die, it will probably be because of, the bad food that you've been eating for the past 10, 20, 30 years. My, I lost my mom to Alzheimer's. My wife lost her mom to cancer. And we lost our moms when we were like 21 years old. So one of the things that I will do is disrupt the food industry. I don't know how. Maybe food insurance, like if I could track what you eat, how you eat, and then try to leverage gamification and food education to have you eat healthy, more whole food, plant-powered. I mean, dairy, meat. It's like the reason why you have diabetes, cancer, Alzheimer's, heart disease is because of the food that we eat. So I don't think it's a big industry right now. So I would love to revolutionize the food industry, but I do the big industry, FinTech, I think is huge. I think the advertising industry is going to go through some transformations with everyone losing third-party attribution. What in, even specifically in RevTech, are there gaps in RevTech? Yeah, so RevTech, the ability to automatically sell is going to be huge. I know how to automatically find your total addressable market with Seamless and it's in beta. It's called Autopilot, TAM Autopilot. I can find everyone that you need to sell to instantly without you telling me a thing. We know how to write emails automatically. You can train Alexa, Google, all these different tech platforms to even do speech to voice automatically. If you want to get like real crazy with it, I believe that you could automate selling over time. That would be interesting. 
Now, it wouldn't be able to be 100% full cycle. Sergey Brin and his wife, the founders of Google, are investors in Seamless. Amazon's an investor in Seamless. I know the technologies that they've been building, it's very robust. And I think that they could help salespeople automate selling. Do I believe that they would replace salespeople? No. That's like Atlassian saying that tech will replace salespeople, giving you the script to say, maybe I could automate even the opener, the elevator pitch, but eventually you could automate the objection handling and stuff like I know how to do it. And I've created some MVPs and Jeremy, I know you're an engineer, so you play around with this stuff too. So I believe that you could automate a lot of that, the top of the funnel stuff. And then I think RevTech, like telling salespeople what to do at every single stage of the sales cycle, I feel like with data, you could automate the VP of sales from a coaching and telling sales reps, oh, you need to update your close rates. Oh, you haven't contacted this person in three days and it's a negotiate deal at 95% commit. All of the things that a VP of sales does, you, all three of us being engineers, salespeople, that's an if this, then that statement. Like it's a simple workflow automation. So I would love to automate a lot of like the manual things that the VP of sales has to think about. Even the first line manager, right? They're really, I guess, Exvoyant, maybe Atrium. Like there's a few companies out there that are trying to automate the first line manager or at least help assist and augment the first line manager. But yeah, we're not 100% there yet, but I, I'm with you. I, it does feel as though there could be first line sales manager enablement and certainly on up to the VP. Yeah, 100%. I think that's really exciting because it will only help companies get their products out to more people. And that's what it's all about. We've all built products that could change the lives of, of millions of people. If we could get them in front of them and sell them, and the only way to do that is with the list and the workflow automation software. Brilliant. Well, Brandon, thank you so much for inspiring us. And uh, I guess enjoy that you're going to have a housewarming party there soon, I hope. And We just had one this weekend. whole point of having a house that could have 200 people on the rooftop is to get some salespeople out here and start brainstorming. How can we change the world and help our customers connect to more opportunity? Brilliant. Well, thanks again. Awesome. Thank you so much. Hey, Salespeople is a production made in partnership with Frequency Media. I'm your host, Jeremy Donovan. This podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever podcasts are found. Thanks for listening to the Hey, Salespeople podcast. 